Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It is time right now for Sunday Morning Alive right here on our website. And we want to thank each and every one of you that have joined us today to gather around the Word of God. Uh, It's not just about going to church. It's about gathering around the Word. It's about gathering together in the name of Jesus that we might strongly encourage one another particularly in right living. In these last days when so many are falling away, amen, when the apostate church is emerging and the world church is is gaining influence, it's going to happen. It's going to happen through the compromise of many religious systems. Even the ones that are wrong are going to make concessions that, that they might be under the umbrella of a false prophet and a false religious system. So today we want to... We We want to emphasize truth, and we want to talk about a particular, peculiar danger to Christianity and Christians in the last days, and that is the danger of false godliness, the danger of false godliness. Someone has said the pagan is true to the false god, and the hypocrite is false to the true god. A major last-day danger to Christians and Christianity is the turning away from the true faith and a turning toward a false religious system, even though it parades as true Christianity. Amen. But it's void of the power to save and to transform. So I'm going to read 2 Timothy chapter 3, and we're going to emphasize in particular and minister from verse 5. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. Listen to it. Something God wants us to know. This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, that incontinent, I have to stop just a moment, that's that that term in context, it means without sexual restraint, no moral compass, listen, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Having a form, though, listen, all of this evil that is represented is still, still, there's still a thought process that says we can be a Christian, we can be a godly person, we can be a God-loving person, and still manifest any or all of these very, very evil fruit in our life. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Listen, Christian, this is what God says. From such, turn away. In other words, don't go with the flow when that flow is away from me instead of toward me. 
Is that is that very clear today? Uh, you listen. You may be in a denominational system, <laughs> and and listen. I understand that we need to cooperate more. We need to get some walls torn down. We need to recognize that we are one in Christ. But there are other walls that need to be strengthened. When a denomination veers from the truth and the faith, you know the Scripture said, "Earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints." Paul said, I'm supposed, and this is in the first generation of Christians reaching down to us today. Amen. All of these generations later, I suppose it's needful that I write unto you to earnestly contend, literally put up a real fight for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Amen. Because this day would come in the last days, in particular having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. If you're going to follow Jesus today, you can't have your loyalty to your denominational system or structure. You can't have your loyalty to a person. Maybe there might be a personality on TV that you are enamored with and you think that person is, is delivering the truth. You, listen, I, I want people after I preach, after I teach, I want people to open their Bible. I want them to get down in the Word of God, even if they go to it to try to prove me wrong because if they get in the scripture we're all going to come to a to a an understanding of the faith that was once delivered to the saints because there's no other gospel that can be preached than that that was preached built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone praise god i i agree with the indian uh, uh, the, this this native american who had come to know christ as his savior and he said it tongue in cheek but because he had accepted christ he said i know that god loves the indians because jesus is chief cornerstone hallelujah well friend of mine now back to the seriousness of this message the amplified says it well for although they hold a form of piety true religion they deny and reject and are strangers to the power of it their conduct belies the genuineness of their profession listen this is not just this is this 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 is people who have a profession of faith these are the foolish virgins who have lamps but no oil in the lamp they can't light them there's no oil they are not ready for the bridegroom to come they are not ready for christ to appear they will not go with us if we have oil in our lamp it's talking about the false profession of faith as a true over against, juxtaposed against the true possession of faith. And that exists today in the church. There are tares among the wheat. There are those who profess they know him. And listen to how it's distinguished in, in, in the book of Jude. It says this, or, or Titus, I'm sorry, Titus 1.16. It says they profess that they know God. They profess, that's that form of godliness, this profession. They profess that they know God, but in works 
they deny him, being unto every good work abominable and reprobate. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny him, being unto every good work abominable and reprobate. They have an empty profession with no possession. You see, the five foolish virgins had lamps. They had a form of godliness, but they had no oil in those lamps. It was simply an empty, an empty profession with no reality attached to it. Today, friend of mine, if you're in a denomination that is turned from the truth, you have an option. You can go with the flow. You can go with the flow. You can literally follow the, well, the, Jesus put it this way, if the blind lead the blind, then everyone, without exception, ends up in the ditch together. If the blind lead the blind, everyone ends up in the ditch. That's why we are told in the new covenant, come out from among them. Even, even in religious circles, come out from among them. Even more so in religious circles, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and you shall be my sons, and you shall be my daughters, saith the Lord. This is that time when we are to come out from among them. And we are to make a full commitment unto Him, to follow Him. <laughs> it's not about you and them and Him. It's about you and Him. You will not answer to them on the day of judgment. You, as I and all upon the earth, will answer to Him and to Him alone. So our loyalty has to be to Him and not to them. And it may cost you uh, family members that will reject you. There are there are places in our world right now that if people change their their religious view from their family's religious view, that they will reject them. They will be ostracized from them. In some cases, they will literally be extreme cases be killed by them. That's why we're told in Titus chapter 1 and, and, and verse 16, amen. They profess they know God, but in works they deny Him, being abominable and disobedient, and to every work retrobate reprobate, literally, void of, of any judgment. Listen, come out from among them, from such turn away. Godliness, as Vine describes it, denotes that piety which is characterized by a Godward attitude. You see, the flow is to God and does that which is well-pleasing to Him. Matthew Henry comments in his commentary, a form of godliness is a very different thing from the power of it. Men may have one and be wholly destitute of the other. Yea, they deny it, at least practically in their lives. Listen, your life is reflecting something. If you come to Christ as your Savior, you can't have a fruitless life, and you certainly can't have evil fruit instead of good fruit. Jesus said you are known 
by the fruit that we bear. Every person is known by the fruit that we bear. Those that have a form of godliness but deny the power. What power? The power to change from the inside out. The power of a born-again experience. The power of regeneration by the Holy Spirit. The new covenant says it will operate this way. In the old covenant, predicting the new covenant, prophesying of the new covenant, it said, I will take the heart of stone out as it is written, and I will replace it with a heart of flesh. You see, the good fruit begins to come from the change within the human spirit itself. Glory be to God. We were dead in trespasses and sins, but now hath he quickened. That word quickened mean given life. And this life is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. It's the same person that raised Jesus from the dead. Glory be to God. Listen, Jesus went on to say that a good tree can't bring forth evil fruit and an evil tree can't bring forth good fruit. So make the tree good and its fruit good because every tree is known by the fruit it bears. How can we keep going on in this deception that we can claim to be followers of Jesus and practicing all the practices and, and, and accepting all the values and expressing them of this old fallen world? Amen. To love the world is spiritual adultery according to the book of James. Because if any man loved the world, the scripture said, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life is of the world, and the world passes away, and the lust thereof. But he that does the will of God, hallelujah, abides forever. This is not sinless perfection, but this is not living a sinful life, un unconvicted, with no remorse and no regard for what the Scriptures teach us and no responsibility or accountability for the fruit of that life. A friend of mine, I want you to know today, we're not sitting in the judgment seat. Someone always comes up with this. Well, God knows my heart. Man, God looks upon the heart. Yes, He does. But the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And the Scripture says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues or the fruit of life. Oh, friend, we can't keep allowing this religious deception to make give people a false sense of security. Jesus said it this way, and this is a horrible thought, but he says it this way, many, many, many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, I've done mighty works in your name. I've even cast out devils in your name. And he will say unto them, Depart from me, you that, listen, work iniquity. I never knew you. It's not sinless perfection. It's not salvation by works. This is salvation by grace through faith alone. But I want you to know the next verse says, For we are created, recreated unto good works. We can't just keep living like the devil and claiming biblical 
salvation. Oh, what an awful thing it would be to die with a false hope and realize that the footsteps coming down the hall in that hospice or that hospital or that bedroom where you're taking those last breaths, that they are not angels coming to usher you into God's presence. They are actually demons coming to claim the soul that was never ever Christ to begin with. You trying to scare me today? No, if you're a Christian, you're not scared. His his spirit right now is bearing witness with your spirit that you are a child of God and you have the peace to die and you have the power to live a victorious life in Jesus Christ. And if you have fallen, you will get back up because his seed remains in you. There's more to just shaking a preacher's hand. There's a lot more than just water baptism. Amen. There is a spiritual baptism when we are all baptized into one body by the Spirit of God, by the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Amen. Friend of mine, the danger of false godliness is a very real threat, particularly to Christianity in the last days and to every false religious system as well. Listen to John Darby's synopsis of the New Testament, how he he talks about this verse of Scripture that we're dealing with. Now this evil influence would too surely be exercised. The power of holy truth would be lost in the assembly among Christians. And those who bore this name and would become under the influence of the enemy the expression of the will and passions of man while still maintaining the forms of godliness, a peculiar condition which betrays in a remarkable way the influence and the work of the enemy. This was to be expected, and they would be perilous or dangerous days. You see, Satan was already sowing the seeds of the apostasy in the first century church. The apostate church will mirror the culture, and the true church will mirror the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Darby goes on to say in his, his, his remarks on this scripture, It is a solemn thought that the same degradation which existed among heathens would be reproduced under Christianity covering itself with that name, even assuming a form of godliness, but in fact is the same nature, the same passions, the same power of the enemy, with but the addition of hypocrisy. It is only, it's, it is only the departure from and corruption of the true doctrine. You see, the Bible said that we should earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. Because if we don't put up a real fight for the faith that was once delivered, not not the corrupted form, a pseudo-faith and a pseudo-Jesus, but the Jesus of Scripture, we're not going to stand before the Jesus that the false religious systems are, are, are putting forward. We're going to stand before the Christ of the Bible. We're going to stand before Jehovah of the Scriptures. We're going to answer to God. So it's not between 
you and me and them and him. It's between you and me and him. We're not going to answer to them. We're not going to answer to some holy conclave. We're not going to answer to some denominational structure or system and the leaders of it. No pope, no preacher, no apostle, no prophet. We're going to stand before Almighty God and we're going to give an account to Him and we're going to stand alone before Him. And friend of mine, that's why when we see the falsehood, when we open our Bibles and open our eyes and open our hearts and we find that flow away from the truth that was once delivered, once and for all delivered to the saints. Hallelujah. Based upon the apostles and prophets with Jesus as the chief cornerstone, we need to turn away. We need to not walk away. We need to run away. Because Satan is is particularly good at leading. He would rather have a false religious system producing a false security than he would have complete atheism. You see, atheism creates a vacuum. A hole that only God can fill. And when the gospel is preached and people hear the good news, there are many in atheistic systems that were born in it, schooled in it, but yet open to the gospel because Jesus comes in the human heart and he fills the human soul. Hallelujah. It is such good news to know there is a God who is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Praise God. Amen. But a false religious system gives a false security. The BTK killer, I've used this before and I want to bring it forward again. This is the most extreme case, but it it is representative of how falsehood and deception can be so very strong, even in the church and in the Christian community. The BTK killer, bind, torture, and kill. The reason he earned that title here in America is because he it, it wasn't to rob. It wasn't out of some vengeful thing or jealousy. No, he just tortured and killed couples and families just for the thrill and satisfaction of the expressing that evil, that absolute evil. He re- was interviewed after he was convicted. And he was, he was the, found out he was the president of the local Lutheran congregation. Now we're not picking on Lutherans and <laughs> we're not saying, look what they produce. No, there are tares among the wheat in every single denomination. Listen, he was president of the local Lutheran congregation and this is what he said. I guess I wasn't a very good Christian. Can you figure this out, how how far detached Christian is from what he was doing? He was evil personified, and yet he claimed the Christian faith. He might have been the president of the congregation, similar to a pastor or the lead elder. He might have actually taught from the Word of God. He definitely had the form of godliness. But he denied the power thereof, the power to change the human heart, not just give us a a free ticket to heaven with no, no change leaving us in the devil's control. 
I know this is an extreme example, but the apostate church of the last days will proclaim a compromised gospel with no power to change the sin-darkened heart, no power to deliver, no power to transform. Uh, this is a this is a, uh, this is a negative, and I want to be positive. I want to lift you up, and before this broadcast is over, I pray you will be lifted up. George Barna, the poster that many many uh, Christian organizations uh, listen to and look to to keep his because he has his thumb. They say on the pulse of the church, and his recent study shows that evangelical Christians in America that our lifestyles are virtually indistinguishable from the culture around us, from non-believers around us, particularly in the areas of abortion, divorce, and human sexuality and worldview. That's a terrible indictment against the church world, the church known as the Christian church here in America. Barna's research also shows that two-thirds That means 66% of evangelical Christians in America say they do not believe there's any such thing as absolute truth. Oh, dear friend of mine, we've bought the lie in many denominational circles, but thank God the Lord still has a people. And the true church is alive and well and totally committed to the absolute truth of Scripture And the absolute truth of Jesus, he is still the way, the truth, and the life. And we are to turn away and not to go with the flow. You may be part of a denominational structure that's going away from God, denying the truth of Scripture, denying the Lord that bought them, the Scripture says they would do. Friend of mine, it's time. If you are a true Christian and you've been born again, you need to get in the Word of God. You need to get in a church that teaches and preaches the Word of God as it is written without apology. A church and a teacher that isn't trying to be politically correct, that will not go with the flow. One scholar says again, of Scripture concerning this particular writing in the New Testament. He says, The greatest scourge on the church today are religious pastors, those men and women who are more caught up in bodies, books, and buildings, and worrying about keep, and worrying about keeping the status quo rather than whether people's lives are being transformed by the gospel or not. Because you see, friend, and I'm going to add this to that, it's not just about the change in the heart, but the change in the destiny that that allows. Amen. Listen, the Bible said, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. In the midst of this great falling away and this great shaking, the foundation of God standeth Sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that 
are his. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. You know how he knows us? He sealed us with the Holy Spirit unto the day of redemption. Praise God. Amen. That word seal means to mark or literally to brand. God's not going to have to figure out. He's already marked us. Praise God. And, and he's called us to be separate unto him. The world is trying to change us and God wants us to make a change and a difference in the world. I'm going to submit something to you today before we close. The greatest threat to Daniel was not the lion's den. (laughs) And the greatest threat to the three Hebrew children was not the fiery furnace. It was the pressure to become absorbed into the Babylonian culture, to adopt its values, and to worship its gods. Friend of mine, that pressure is on you. That pressure is on me. That pressure is on every child of God today. And in this flow away from God, when we recognize it by comparing the absolute inerrant truth of Scripture to what is going on, we begin, we begin to follow the truth of the Scripture and not what any church system or church person is saying. From such, turn away. From such, turn away. We as God's people have to make a decision today. You as a Christian need to make a decision today. We have, I, we used to sing it, didn't we? I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I won't turn back. I won't turn back. And I pray today that you as a Christian will decide to follow the clear teachings of Christ and of the Word of God. For this faith is not built on any person or personality or persuasion. It's not built on a denomination or an organization. It is built upon the apostles. It is built upon the prophets. It is built upon Christ Himself as the chief cornerstone of our faith. Praise God. This is no time to go with the flow. This is the time to go against the grain, to go counterculture, to forget political correctness. Yes, we will be ostracized. We will be persecuted. We should wear that persecution as a badge of authenticity. Jesus said, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. Amen. But if you were of the world, the world would embrace you. The world would, because the world loves its own. But here's the good news. You are not of the world. Praise God. Amen. We are a, a, a separate people, a sanctified people, a holy nation, a peculiar people that we might show forth the virtues of Him. Praise God that has called us out of darkness into this marvelous light. As children of the light, let's walk in the light and let's walk in love and let's walk in commitment to our Lord and Savior, our God and King, in Jesus' name today. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, you're going with the flow and that flow is taking you deeper into darkness and that flow is taking you further and further away from God. 
But there's a song that my dad, who's with the Lord, used to love. I was lost and undone without God nor His Son. When the Savior reached down for me. When He reached way down for me. Friend, if without Christ, the Bible said you're without hope and without God in this present world. But he's reaching, he's reaching way down to right where you are today. Because I've convinced if you've listened to this point of the broadcast, the Holy Spirit himself is reaching you, is touching you, is drawing you to Christ. Oh, don't run deeper into darkness. (laughs) Run to the light. (laughs) Run to the life eternal. Run to the love. Run to the forgiveness and the pardon of your sins. Repent of your sin. Receive Jesus as your Savior. And let Him seal you with the Holy Spirit. So that when He comes, (laughs) we'll all be ready to go with Him. And to ever be with the Lord. I beseech you in Jesus' name.